All right, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of Confessions of a Keyboardist. And I'm here today with Tyrus Sass. Welcome, Tyrus. Thank you for having me. This is this is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it so much. I know when I first talked to you about having a podcast, um, I wanted you to be, you know, one of the first people. <laughs> <laughs> and you suddenly got really busy. Yeah. Which yeah, was that, really um, great. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, um, as I'm sure you know, it's the nature of the business. Mm-hmm. You cannot have something, then you can have nothing but that you know and zero time so you know ebbs and flows gotta go with it well uh the thing that ended up happening to you is um you ended up getting a gig with johnny lang and going on the road with him and playing all Mm. over the world yeah and that's something that i did not see coming at all because i was fine before that like the stuff i was doing before it was great but you know when an opportunity like that comes up and it was really quick I didn't I, to this day I've only done one rehearsal with them and it's been over a year and a half oh wow yeah we. I didn't I came into that gig with no rehearsal and a week and a half of personal prep and came in met them on a show day and that was September of 2017 Wow. So Met them on a show day and then played the show. Played the show. I met Johnny at Soundcheck the day of my first show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's how it goes sometimes. You got to be ready. That, that, you know, that whole thing about preparation, it's a big deal, you know, and people trusting you enough to refer you into a situation like that and knowing that you'll be ready to go. Yes. It's not, you don't just make yourself look good. You got to make the person who referred you look good yes you know so it's a big it's a big responsibility but I, I'm completely comfortable in those situations 100% so it felt like pressure but not really not to me and 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 you know I hope that doesn't come across um, as arrogant it's really not it's it's just you know so I'm 36 years old. I've been playing since I was 14, professionally since I was 22. And at at this point, I rely on my, my, my work habits, my work ethic. I just know what it is. I know if, if I'm not going to take the gig if I don't think I can be ready for it, period. Gotcha. It's, it, period. And, you know, being nervous and pressure and all that, I tie all of that to preparation. Right. It's that simple for me. If I'm ready, I'm not nervous. I'm not. I don't feel any pressure because I'm ready. Yes. You know. Um, so you listen to? I'm gonna assume his CDs and maybe some stuff on YouTube or. No. So what they <laughs> what they did, and I have to shout out my one of my best friends, Mike Hicks. Yeah. Who is he's a musician. He plays for Rascal Flatts now, but he was with Johnny previous to me. Okay. And when he got the Rascal Flatts gig. Um, he called me and said, look, I'm going to take this gig, but, you know, the Johnny thing is a great gig, and if you want it, I'm going to throw your, your name in, in this hat, and, you know, I'll speak, you know, very highly of you. And they, they called me as a result of him doing that. Gotcha. Strictly that. Gotcha. I hadn't met any of these guys before. Right. And they called and said, you know, um, you, you come highly recommended. Would you like the gig? Gave me all the details. I said, of course. And... <laughs> they sent me a Dropbox with 
um, record record versions, live shows, and rehearsals. Okay. Um, no set list. So it, it's it's a lot of songs. It's probably it was probably twenty five songs. Okay. Maybe thirty that they, that total that they just sent. Yeah. Um, and again, I got to shout out Mike because he set me up to win. <laughs> and, and when I told him about that, he was like, "Don't listen to anything." He's like, "Send it to me. Let me look at it, and I will tell you." the stuff that's on the set list, the stuff that you don't need to prioritize as far as learning. Um, you know, because at this point, I got to come in and play a show. So he's like, just yeah. streamline the information that, you, that you're going to be internalizing. So right. I sent him the, the Dropbox. He took the time. He used to set up a camera, a personal camera during the shows from his perspective, right between the, the, uh, the Leslie and the, and the organ. Yeah. Pointed towards him so you could see the crowd. And he had videos of every song from different performances. So what he did was he <laughs> he he took the time to take those videos, put them in order of the show. Oh my goodness. Put them on a on a flash drive for me. Oh my goodness. Wrote a page of notes. For every song, this song learn it as oh, is. This song you want to wow. look for this cue. This song oh, wow. play it as is. This song watch for the, this part and that part. Like he he gave me a roadmap for success oh, for my this gig. Goodness. Which <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're not gonna find that a lot. Now he and I have a relationship. Sure. We, I, we both came to MTSU together in 2000. Okay. One of my best friends. Right. So, but still, like yeah. he set me up. Yeah, he set me up to. If if I didn't do well, that was on me and me only. Yeah. You know. <laughs> right. You know, and I that helped because I I was able to not only you know a lot of times board mixes could be a different thing because you know it's a guitar player's gig so mostly in the mix what you're hearing is the, you know the guitars and the drums and the bass and kind of the keys are getting buried a little bit so you can't really hear what's was happening okay you know so right is that in general all the time yeah just you know a lot of times unless it's it's mixed for the purpose of you know being consumed by people who buy it or something like that they're not really taking the time to just mix the stuff perfect Got which it. is fine um right but his video was from his perspective so the lessons right there you can hear everything his mo- i can hear everything really he's playing and man that helped so much yes so i i came in ready to go that first sound check in Kansas City at Knuckleheads, you know, I still remember the, the venue. You know, I was ready to go. And, yeah. You know, the rest is history, as they say. Man, how how cool is that? That's uh, really amazing that he did that for you. Oh man, um, I thank him all the time for that. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. Well, it sounds like to me. I mean, when I hear you talking, you know, I don't I don't find that arrogant at all of, of what you were saying earlier. I find that you were meant to play that gig. The gig was meant for you. And I, on my way over here this morning, I was listening to some live footage mm-hmm. of you guys playing um, in Berlin at the Columbia Theater. Oh, yeah. I think the date was October 25th, 2017. Yep. So you would have been with him about a, a month at that point? A month to the day. Oh, really? Yep. September 17th was my first day. Okay. Yep. All right. Oh, man. October <laughs> 17th. Yeah, because we had just, yeah, you're right. You're right, because we just went to Europe. That was probably the first week 
in Europe, and we were over there for 34 days or something like that. Okay. And um, we're going back to Berlin. Yeah. Uh, next month. Oh, no, May. In May, we're going back over there. So it's funny you bring that up. Mm -hmm. We will be going back to that same venue coming up here. Sweet. I mean, it was a good show. I really enjoyed it. I, yeah, that was fun. Um, Man. <laughs> Man, I mean, you just bringing up all these memories. Because it it's a different gig for me. You know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to take it. Everything before that um, had been more in the realm of the contemporary Christian Okay. Um, gospel world, the R&B world, the funk world, all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. But this, although it's considered blues, but he's a he he has a very soulful voice. Yes. And the music is all over the place. I noticed like that. It's, it's it's not it's not your grandparents' blues. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It's, it's something else. It has a different energy to it, and I'm playing a B3 every night. Yes. I'm playing a Hammond every night with the Leslie on my back. By the way. Yes. I'm not having to. They don't, they don't have the Leslie in the back somewhere and they're micing it and running all through ears. That Leslie is on my back yes. every night. Yeah. It's three feet from me. Right. You know. The wind is blowing. Wind is blowing. <laughs> yep. And and I just prefer to, to play organs like that. It, mm -hmm. it, it's just not the same. Just piping it through the system and then into your ears or your wedges. It's just not the same. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that the Leslie comes with the organ. Absolutely. You know? Right. Oh, um man. So that's part of your his rider that that's required. Or? Well, when we when we do domestic runs, yeah. you know, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is. And you mean that's the U.S. Yes. Yeah. When we do the the U.S. runs, we he has an organ. We we have a whole back line that we travel with. Okay. In the trailer, with the, the organ's name is Betsy. Ah. They gave it a name, maybe ten years ago, maybe longer than that. And I call mine Charlie. Charlie. Okay, so yeah. the guy who named it, his name is Charles. Okay. And he was a previous player for Johnny as well. All right. Um, he travels with uh, Audrey Day and a whole bunch of other people now. He used to play with Raphael Sadiq. He's an amazing player, but he named it. So <laughs> Betsy is the name of the organ, and we take it everywhere we go okay. domestically. Unless we're doing like a weekend one-off thing, we'll just completely... Do the back line with with you know another company or something like that. But if we're you know we're doing a week or so, we, we're taking our stuff. And she's a B three. Yes. Okay. Yes, amazing. It's black. It's all black. They they, you know, if something happens with it. Our production manager Mike, you know, he will get back there during sound check and you know draw our gums uh, stops working. He will solder that thing right then, and it will be working for that show. Like they. So. It takes a team to make this thing work. Sure, of course. Do you know what year Betsy is? I do not. Just curious. That is a great. That is a great question. So Hammond organs were typically built like in the fifties to the seventies, early seventies. Mm -hmm. So that's why you got to. Um, I'm just saying stuff like this for my students mm -hmm. who don't know anything about Hammond organs, but they have to be worked on. Oh yeah. Uh, maintained because they're uh, golly, there there's a lot to them. It's a lot of things happening when you take that the back off and you look in there there's a lot happening back there right you know we, we we've had issues with the Leslie with the tubes and you gotta get sure. tubes and all all kind of stuff but it's so worth it yes it's, it's an investment of time and energy and money yes you know all of that but yeah. just what you get from it, it it cannot be duplicated I agree with any plug-in any keyboard yeah you can get close <laughs> maybe mm-hmm but there's no substitute. Right. No substitute for it. 
Never will be. I agree. It's a very organic thing. And the way they smell when you take the back off. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The way it smells. Yeah. All yeah, that. it knocks yeah. me over every time. It's like, so it. it's just like the oil and the um, electronics. The tube's burning. There's some wood in there that's yeah. getting just slightly toasted each time it's you amazing. turn the thing on. And I get to do it every night. That's I get to play that every single night. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, I don't have to take it down. It's just coming in and it's sitting there. And I've got the Nord on top, which I use for the clab and the whirly stuff. And then I have a okay. RD. I think it's a 500. I can't remember which one it is. Because it's taped it. up on the back. Um, right. I saw that I on the that video. For piano stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that you reuse it. So you take that to Europe, or do you guys will just require that they have that there? Well, yeah, we'll just we'll just have a back line and okay. we'll have it there. Yeah. Um, we didn't take all that stuff over there. We'll right. take like I think we'll take Johnny will take his amps, yeah. a couple of his amps. I think uh, the drummer Barry will take his cymbals, things like that. But right. as far as the keys, everything will be back line okay. over there. So. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I could talk to you for five hours, and I wouldn't even, like, know that that time was passed. Because <laughs> <laughs> so much stuff I'd love to ask you. But So, I guess, okay, so let's back up, okay. and we'll come back to this present-day stuff, you know, shortly. But okay. since that gig was meant to be yours, and you were ready for it, and, I mean, it was just sort of, it seems like it was sort of a destiny thing. It was just, it landed in your path, and you I'll were ready. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, let's talk about your background. Like, okay. where, how this all came about, you know, what... Do you remember how old you were when you started playing keyboards? Did you play piano first, organ first? Okay, all right. Et cetera, et cetera. I, well, first, I was a drummer first. Okay. Started playing drums at nine and started playing keys at 14. Now, even further than that, to back up, um, I grew up in the Pentecostal church. Right. Okay. Um, my dad, who is a retired Marine, he did 30 years, but before that, wow. he was a musician as well, sax player. Okay. And he used to play with uh, the Commodores, and Billy Preston, and Gladys Knight. Now, this is pre-Brick House Commodores, so they're doing college campuses. They're doing, you know, that whole thing. What city is that? Well, my dad, my mom and dad were born and raised in Charleston, South Carolina. All right. So, some he t I can't remember the story, but he told me the story of how that even happened. A mutual friend, you know something or another and next thing you know he's on, on a plane headed to play with the Commodores you know they're doing kind of like you with Johnny Lane it's kind of the same thing mm -hmm. right so the musical background starts with him and at the age of I'd say six um, I, that's when I remember us you know going to starting to go to church and you know the first thing I became fascinated with was obviously the music you know, we would, I would try to sit in that corner, and I was—I wanted to, to play drums though. You just want to bang on stuff. You, know? <laughs> you, know, you just want to make the noise, just like a baby. You know, they're—they're not—they're trying to get a spoon and a pot, and they're trying to—you know. So that's what I really, really wanted to do at the young age of nine. Started playing drums, then my brother came behind me, my younger brother, and started playing drums as well. And he was so much better than I was <laughs> that my young pride could not take my younger brother playing an instrument better than me. So I, it's the only reason I started playing keys is because he came behind me and started playing drums and he was better than I was. Okay. It's the only reason. I was like, I'm going to play something else. And, <laughs> and my dad had a Korg M1 in the house. Ah. 
And he, he didn't really play, but he would teach songs because he was the minister of music of every church we ever attended. Yeah. He was teaching all the songs of the choir. And he would, that's how he would pick out parts. Yeah. He would use the keyboard to pick out parts. The only reason he got it. Okay. I have an M1. You still have it? I don't. My brother has it, though. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, hopefully he still has it. Every time it. I look at that board, I just say, that is where it all started. <laughs> yeah. Having that thing in the house. Learn how to sequence on that thing and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember. Me too. When I'm just like, you know what? I, I'm, I want to play keys now. I want to figure this thing out. I remember that moment. And I used to come home from school every day. And, man, this is crazy. <laughs> I used to come home from school every day. And that's all I cared about doing. I still remember the first song I taught myself. Because I didn't go to school. I wasn't I wasn't in the bands in school or any of that stuff. So there was no formal training at all to this day. Okay. It was all ear training. Which, being in the black church, you're going, you are going to figure that out. Yes. You know, you don't have that long. You know, it's yeah. someone starts singing, you got a few minutes to figure that out. Or someone's going to, hey, you know, mm-hmm. scoot over, let me get this. You yeah. know, we'll figure, you know, you'll get it eventually. But yeah, that ear training came from the church. And I remember the song, Order My Steps. Yeah. And I couldn't pick out the chords because I didn't know what the chords were. Right. But what I could hear were the soprano, alto, and tenor parts. Okay. Again, because I'm used to my dad teaching parts, so I, I would think like that. Let me just pick out the soprano part, the tenor part, and the alto part, and I would learn instead of, the, you know, the song is, you know. You know, the kind of flowy thing. Yeah. And, you know, the parts do that. You know, That's what I picked out. Right. Just the, the parts, and then I would I figured out the bass notes. Okay. And then worked on the coordination. So I played it just like that. Right. And okay. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that, that was, that's all I knew. And then eventually, you know, I, I picked the next song, and I wouldn't play the chords. I would just play what the choir was singing. Okay. Find bass note, work on the coordination, and I'd play whatever this choir was singing. That's how I play. And then eventually I would realize, oh that shape, I mean it's all shapes. Yeah. Oh, that shape looks like that. C looks like F. F looks like G. Yeah. A flat looks like E flat. Oh wow. That okay. And then then it started to make sense mm-hmm. to me somehow. Again, I wasn't even asking people questions yet at this point. This is all me figuring this out in my head. I love it. I love you know, it. Okay. Ninth grade, never forget it. And yeah. I'm, yeah. So totally makes makes sense to me. It's interesting. It was funny. I I, I kind of long for those days when I was running home to discover mm-hmm. stuff. I don't do that anymore, and I I hate that I don't do that. <laughs> right. Know? You know, you I, I learned my my playing grew exponentially at the beginning because. I was practicing every day, every day. Yeah. I was looking for a new song to learn, you know, every day. And I was learning something every day. And all I could think about when I got home is they they used to have to make me eat. Come uh, get me from upstairs and get down here and eat and, you oh know. And What kind of songs were you working on? Oh, they were all gospel Just, songs. Okay. That was it. Okay. That was it. So can you name five or six that oh, you remember sure. that really... 
that one, Order My Steps, that's that's the biggest one yes. because that's where it all started. Um, yes. Yes. There was a song called uh, Jesus Is My Help by Hezekiah Walker. Okay. And that song, it kept modulating at the end in the vamp. So that's the first song where I had to learn keys. Okay. Yeah. Uh, bum, 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 same changes, just right up, half step, half step, half step. Right. That was a challenge at, at the beginning because I, you know, my the, the key... Order My Steps was in B-flat minor, which is also C-sharp, the, the relative major of that is C-sharp. Right. So that's the key I got comfortable playing in. Okay. So, yeah. you know, visually, I would look there for everything. So when songs would be in other keys, it, just, it was a challenge to, gotcha. to okay, figuring that whole thing out. Right, right. right. But you're using your visual um, sense basically to look at the keyboard right you're not looking at printed music no it's all to do and it's uh, figuring out shapes yes. that fall within the hands mm -hmm. and within the uh, black and white keys absolutely how they're arranged absolutely basically. that's a yeah that's exactly what i was doing okay um a lot of gospel oh man everything was gospel at that point um for me because that was 96 that was for me it was like the heyday of that that was a good time for gospel music. Mm -hmm. It was just everything was just so good, mm -hmm. and choir music was still prevalent at the time. Right. You know, um, so the the parts were were just really big and fat. Right. And not a whole lot of crazy movement, so I could actually play. Yeah. You know the movements. You know, so that it was it was easier for me to, to pick up that way. So you're saying it was a perfect environment for a budding keyboardist to sure. learn his art, his trade, yep. it, his craft. Absolutely. I can yeah. I can clearly hear what the soprano's doing. I can clearly hear what the altos are doing. I can clearly hear what the tenors are doing. Gotcha. And it was just easy. It was easy for me to, to pick out, mm -hmm. you know. Right. Yeah, it was great. I went from starting to play at 14 to by, I'd say the middle of my sophomore year I was playing in church by myself like my brother was a drummer and and he and I together if the bass player wasn't there I was actually running in bass mm -hmm. and playing the chords and it was just my brother playing the drums and so when you say running bass are you saying with your left hand on yes. the lower manual yes and with the right hand you play your chords yes and and that's still keys by the way I hadn't yeah. Even oh, no, got to organ yet. Oh, it was okay. there. Okay. It was there. All right. But that that thing just looked like it was so. Mm -hmm. You know. How do you even turn the thing on, basically? Yeah, all that. <laughs> I, I hadn't gotten there yet, and there's a, there's a whole story as to how that. Okay. There's there's a a guy, two guys actually who who really inspired me to, to tackle that thing, in Virginia. One was in Virginia, and one was in Albany, Georgia. But at this point, what I'm talking about it is is all keys. Okay. There's a Korg uh, at that church, a Korg X2, I believe it was. Okay. It's 76 keys. All right. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yep. There was, there was a set. There was a, a patch. There was a piano and bass patch. So, it, you know, run the bass. It was actually a bass sound down there. So, the keyboard was... What he's saying is it's split. It was split. And the bass sound is for the, like, middle C down or however you want to... You might... The, the C below that. Okay. Down. All right. Yep. 
and that's got like an acoustic bass or like some kind of. It a, was a, I think it was called like a finger bass or something like okay, that. Okay, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So like a Fender or some kind of yep. electric yes. bass guitar yes. sound. Yep. And then you got keys on the top. Like sometimes you could have electric piano or pian acoustic piano or some kind of sound. Okay. Absolutely. So you're playing both bass and <laughs> this is cracking you up. Yeah. Oh man, those were the days. Those were the days. So just you and your brother are providing the music for that church, and you're 15, 16 years old. At the time, and there there was another guy there. His name is Jonathan Robinson, who I actually reconnected with uh, last year. He came out to a Johnny show. I hadn't seen him in almost 20 years. Cool. Um, but he was there. He was. He was uh, three or four years older than us, so he was probably 17. Okay. And But, you know, he worked a job, and sometimes he had to work or whatever. He couldn't be there. So the, sometimes it would end up my brother and I, and, you know, it's kind of baptism by fire. <laughs> you yeah. get in there and do it. Or you uh, learn on the job, which was oftentimes that's what ended up happening. Who was the choir director? My dad. Uh, okay. Uh -uh. That's wonderful, you know, because I mean, you were being at least you're being nurtured uh, by him, and um, and guided and helped and. It know. was yeah, it was him and Celeste Robinson. Her name is Celeste Robinson. She would do a lot of the teaching too. There was a couple people would direct, uh, you know, depending on what we had. Different choirs had the Joy Bells, which was the older choir. Okay. And we had the Voices of, I think it's called the Voices of Victory, I think, or something like that. Okay. Which is like the main choir, and. Was it a big choir? Um. Maybe 25. Okay. It wasn't huge. It wasn't a big church. It was, you know, almost a storefront. Um, okay. A little bigger than a storefront, but it, it wasn't one of these mega churches. It was gotcha. very much, you walk in, it's two aisles, two sides, you know, <laughs> right. you know one right. of those kind of things. Um, but those were the days, though. <laughs> those were the days. I did a lot of growing there, a lot of growing, a lot of asking questions and, and observing. Yeah, you know, uh, observing other people. Yes, because there was there was like I said the guy Jonathan. Um, a lot of his family was in that church. A lot of the family, so it was okay. kind of a family church. Did he play keys too? He does. He did. Okay. Still does. All I right. want to say does, but he did and still does. So he can sort of coach you too. Oh sure, you know he he would, he, and I told him when I saw him at the Johnny show, I was like, man, thank you for putting up with the <laughs> the nagging fourteen year old. <laughs> And I needed that. I wasn't getting instruction anywhere. You know, it was all yeah. what I can hear on my own, which is working. But, you know, at, at some point, you need some instruction. Right. Or at least, you know, the inspiration. Right. You know, it's one thing to listen to a, a record and try to duplicate it. It's another thing to see someone who I would consider a peer at the time, still do, and to watch him play right in front of you and say I play that same keyboard sometimes and I can't do that but it it can be done because I'm watching him do it yeah what what are you doing why are you doing that what made you do that like what you know yeah. all those kind of questions and absolutely could he explain it yeah oh yeah that's a gift too sometimes could. people cannot explain yeah what he, they're doing he could explain it but I, I'll tell you this he didn't always show me what I was asking him mm-hmm which which I appreciate because sometimes it's not about showing you how to do it it's you know again the black church man the ears yes the ears yes you know, I was listen you know you know and uh -huh. it's okay huh. he, I remember him telling me one time if you can hear it you can find it 
Okay. If you can hear it, you can find it. You may not be able to play the whole thing, but if you can hear a, a note, yeah. you know, you listen to this whole thing and it's kind of overwhelming. I want to play the, okay, just start with a note. A lot of times you can hear a certain, like the highest note or yeah. like a middle note that's just standing out or something. One note that's moving within the chord, you find it, pick it out, and then find another note. Which, mm -hmm. And then you just kind of add the pieces together. That's what I did. Yes. That's what I did. So, um, would you say, like, did you ever make charts for yourself, or is, is this all in your head, in your memory? No, I didn't start making charts until well after I got to Tennessee, okay. and Middle Tennessee State University, well after that. Everything was, was being committed to memory, and to, to this day, I still, 99% of the time, mm -hmm. I just operate, operate like that. Yes. Um... So your learning process has uh, something to do with, I mean, it's really involving um, retaining it somehow. Yes. Somehow. Yes. Yep. I'm really interested in if you can describe how you do that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I man. I think that's such a big deal and so so <sighs> important in the pop music tradition. You know, it's uh, it's really a big part of it. I, I, I'll tell you this. The earlier that you start that, yeah. I think the easier it is. You know, um, I, I have, you know, some friends who they, they came up with the formal training mm -hmm. since they were kids, you know, six, seven years old. They're doing the recitals. They're doing the, yeah. you know, and if you take that paper from them, they're, they're <laughs> lost, completely lost. Yeah. They could they could have played the song a million times. Yeah. But you take the paper away and they're, they're lost. Yeah. They don't know what to do. And... You know, I, I just think it's just because that's that's what they're used to doing. You're used to, to reading it, even if you, it's just a map, having a map there, you know. Mm -hmm. oh, you, yeah. you drive to Atlanta all the time, you know. A lot of times you'd have the <laughs> GPS or whatever, or you're reading the map before GPS, you know. You could have done, done the roads all these times, and then you forget the map one day. You're like, I don't know how to do this because I'm so used to reading the map to right. know how to get there. Same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I was, I, my story is just the opposite. I, I learn how to play by teaching myself and yeah. watching people using your ear and using my and ear and watching people and so i didn't have a choice but to retain it it was the only way i knew to do it okay All you right. know so so there's a i've always heard you know um this is a great phrase if you want to succeed at something you know burn your bridges like um <laughs> <laughs> so you can't in a way you just can't go back i mean mm. there was some general who supposedly landed on american soil and you know or I don't know if it was. I actually I don't really remember this or the um, the specifics, but he burned the boats. Oh wow! So they couldn't go home. <laughs> so I had to figure it out. They had to win. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it's sort of like burning your boats in a way. If you uh, are just yeah. you've got to. That's how you have to do it. Then yeah. you're going to succeed. And yeah. it was, you know, it was the opposite for me. I had to. I, I learned how to do. I learned what I was doing later. <laughs> Gotcha. You know, okay. I, so let's talk about that. So, okay. So you are playing in church. So you graduated high school, I guess? Yes. And then what happened? I graduated from my senior year. I was in a new school, which was Millington Central High School, right outside of Memphis. It was the only year I was there. It's the only reason I found out about MTSU was, be, was being in that school that one year. Right. I ended up coming here and... I met a guy by the name of Giovanni Rodriguez, who is a percussionist, multi-instrumentalist. 
here in town. Still one of my best friends. And because of him, he he was really responsible for opening my musical world up to everything else. You know, up until that point, you know, gospel was my biggest thing. 18 years old at this point. Coming to MTSU, gospel was my biggest thing. There were some other things. Uh, Gap Band, Earthway and Fire, all that stuff. But when I met him, he is by far the most eclectic person that I know musically, except for the gospel thing. So that was our trade-off, you know, like he didn't really know a whole lot about that world. So I was kind of giving him information about that. And he was giving me information about everything else. And I started playing with other people my age here, Mike Hicks being one of them, Sean Gaffney, who plays up at Mount Zion, which is like the, I believe it's the biggest African-American church here in Nashville now. He's up there now. He was a big part of my development there. And a guy named Teron Hamilton. Okay. That guy is probably responsible for my biggest period of growth as a musician to date. Um, I was playing at a church called Upon This Rock Christian Church in Murfreesboro. Okay. And he was the musical director there. Minister of Music, musical director. Main keys. And I came in think the second semester of first semester of my second year of college okay. and I came in playing B3 I was playing organ by this by this point I'm already playing organ okay and but I'm really in a full band situation now it was the first time I really had that you know drums basically in, in roles clearly defined roles and just really learning how to operate in a band not just sounding like four individuals or five individuals that yeah can play their instrument yeah it's it's parts oh yeah you know and him telling you no you you pad here i'll be the percussive part of it yeah you know and you know take some of the high end off your during this section and like all that that was new to me that was like okay all right all right it's a role uh-huh. That I'm playing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so structuring songs to make them all of that. Um, yes. Basically, um, certain different sections of songs and uh, need different things. Yes. And he's basically arranging as you go. Absolutely. And, and making sure that everybody understands what's going on in the song. Serving sure. the song. Oh yeah, serving the song, serving each other, mm-hmm. listening. Yeah. You know, he used to always say that, like, listen to each other, listen to each other. You know, and. You know, he was really good with with answering questions, you know, and that's when I really started to learn, like, what am I actually playing? Mm -hmm. This is, why is that a 13 chord? Why is that a major 7? Why is that a minor 7? Like, I didn't really know, I knew the major minor thing before that, but once you started getting outside of that, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just, I was imitating what I heard. Okay. You know, and I can do, again, the ear thing, I can pick it up fine, but I couldn't tell you what I was doing. Okay. You know, and he was a big part of learning what I was actually playing and being able to communicate that, which was really setting me up for kind of what I'm doing now. You know, if as a band leader, you don't have to know how to play every instrument. You just have to know someone who does and know how to communicate with them. Yeah. Right. And if you can't speak the language, it's over. (laughs) It's over, you know, and I, uh, until him, I didn't know how to communicate it. I didn't know what I was playing myself. Gotcha. And man, that opened everything up. Yeah. For me, it's just oh, I can actually. Oh, okay. This is this is why it's diminished. This is why it's that. This is what a G seven is. This is what a. Okay, I, it's starting to make sense now. Yeah. You know, 
So, right. So, um, like, let's say, how how would that come about? Like, he might say, "Okay, don't play the thirteenth in that," or he'll um, he might say he might correct me and say that's supposed that should be a sus right there. All right. Okay. And I'll say, what, so, what's what's that?" <laughs> and he'll play it. Okay. And I'll be like, "Oh, okay, I hear that." And he was like, it's suspended, you know. Sus chord means no third. Yes. I guess. Right. Or it could well, mean like other you, things. You suspend it, so you play the fourth, and then you just, you know, resolve it back to the third. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, all right. And then he'd say, um, you know, we'd, we'd play a progression or something like that. And then he would say, listen, when we get back to the one, which is another thing, the whole natural number system, that's another thing that I learned there. Okay. You know, yeah. so when we get back to the root or to the tonic or to the one, yeah. You know, instead of playing uh, a triad, let's make that a major seven. And I'm like, okay. Mm, <laughs> what is that? Don't know what that means. Then he play it, and then I, oh, okay, that. And then he'd be like, yeah. So it's a major seven. You count your scale one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then right there, you're, one, you're major two, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right. So it's not. Dominant seven, flat seven, but right. major seven. Major, right. And I was like, yeah. oh, that makes sense. Okay. So it, it just, he he took the time to do all that with me. Right. So it was theory. Theory. You got a, you you got a theory, theory course. Mm-hmm. And you're playing in church, which is your comfort setting. Yes. So you're getting to grow, but you're, you're also getting to thrive at the same time. Right. And, and that you, look, it doesn't matter what you're playing. Like, st- that stuff, you got, you just got to know. It's, yeah. it's the language. It's, yeah. the, it's the language, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I remember sitting at home and, like, I'm looking I'm looking at her piano. She has a sticker and it's like B flat, D flat, E flat, E. I used to write that stuff on the keys. Write yeah. it in, in, a, in a marker or something like that and just write what it is so I could see it as I play it. Gotcha. You know, the visual of, oh, okay. of seeing it. You know, C, E, G, okay, D, F sharp, A, okay. Oh. Okay, yeah. Just looking at what I'm playing, you know. So. Right. He's pointing out that I've got the blues scale written on a post-it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yesterday, I was actually, one of my students was improvising on the blues. I was just playing chords underneath him, and he's just, I was like, you know, you, you can play, play any of those notes, and it's going to sound pretty good. We, we can improvise the blues if you oh. know the blues scale and that key. Wow. So, yeah, I'm always trying to get my students to improvise. And uh, not use the written paper. It's yeah. really important that's, that's that they just good. have that organic experience with, you know, with just playing and experimenting yeah. and I enjoying. St- I still struggle with that too. Like with with the, I've never considered myself a great improviser um, as far as soloing is concerned. I, I've never, you know, that that hasn't been something that I'm still quite comfortable with. You're kidding me. I I know. <laughs> I, 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 People I, say that, and I'm saying, look, I, I can do it. I just feel like it's not my strong suit. You know, I can, my my, my strength is more of, I'm, whatever the song is, I'm going to give you the song. The meat and potatoes is going to be there. The harmonic you know, underpinning, basically. You're never going to miss it. Yeah. You know, I will have you, I will have you straight. You know, but when it gets into the other stuff and... You know, tires you take solo. Like, okay, I can do it. I can do it. But I, I don't, I don't feel like I have the vocabulary to really play what I want to play. 
at 36 years old. And 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 I'll tell you why because that that never was something that I necessarily wanted to to do. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of jazz guys, fusion guys, like you you tell them to go and they can go and it's just mm-hmm. the spontaneous composition of right. You know, great at it, you know, Paul Horton, the guy in town. Love right. listening to him, you know, Hamilton Harden who used to live here, he's in Memphis now. Just people who are great at improvising, Dwan Hill. Um yeah. That's just never been my thing. And I feel like the older I get, the harder it is to figure it out. You know, if there's ever been something, I'm not going to say a fear, it's not a fear. But if there's ever anything as far as my plan that I felt like could use the most work, it's that. It's that. And I don't necessarily quite know how to go about doing it, honestly. I really don't. Other than the like when I started playing, which is imitating finding solos that I like and mm-hmm. learning their solo. Right, and right. And then, you know, figuring out, okay, what I see why they did this and why they did this. Uh, maybe that. Transcription. Maybe, maybe that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that. But I, I don't know. And, I, and the funny thing is I have to do it on the Johnny gig. Well, I was just going to say. <laughs> I got to do it. I was at the seven-minute mark of that concert. I made a note of this because I wanted to talk to you about it. Uh, you do you do take a ride. You take um you take at least two courses, maybe three. I think you take one on piano and then you switch over to Hammond organ. That was for and, Rack 'em Up, yes. Uh, rack 'em Up, yeah. Yep. It's a pool shooting song. Yes. That's right. Rack <laughs> em I remember up. the yep. words. Yep. Yeah. And yep. you take like a, a I think maybe a couple or a couple of courses on the Hammond. Yeah. Which uh, it's very obviously um, um, you play a very big role on the Hammond organ in that. It, to me, it seems to me for his band, mm-hmm. like it's really. Uh, there's all kinds of things you're doing on it, like a lot of underscoring, mm-hmm. that really mellow, mm-hmm. nice, uh, uh, I don't know how to call it exactly, just a really mellow gospel sound, honestly, just really um, ambient. Mm-hmm. And then you can do like this huge full blast, uh, pull. it seems like they're all out, or mostly all the draw bars are out. Yeah. Like uh, shout choruses almost, like, yeah, yeah. Because he, he's, he's, I mean, he's singing and playing, and then we have a second guitar player. And there are times when he, he's not necessarily playing the meter of the song so he can sing or, so he, or it's kind of setting up a solo. So I, I'm really, you know, the bed mm-hmm. that musically everybody's laying on. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, um, in other words, the thing that you really love doing and you're really good at, the harmonic support. Right. And, and, and that's what, <laughs> that's like my wheelhouse. That's I, I, can, I know I can do that. I know... Um, that's what you're going to get from me is I'm, I'm going to give you, like I said, the meat and potatoes, like the, the bed that everybody else is going to lay on and let everybody else shine. I will sit right in the background and yeah. and let everybody else do their thing. And, and except for that song, you know, because <laughs> I've got to trade with Zane or Corda, whoever the guitar player is, and Johnny. Um, I, I trade with Johnny on another song. We do a cover of Living for the City, Stevie Wonder. I heard that too, yeah. And Is Johnny, yeah. oh, you're saying Johnny. Okay, who's the bass player? Jimmy Anton. Jimmy. Yeah, so Johnny, Jimmy, I was getting those mixed up. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. incredible too. He is incredible. He is incredible. He's oh, yeah. a great, and he's another one who can tell you exactly what he's doing. Yeah, he. I, I noticed he's playing a five string. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what he's, yeah. And he took like a ride that um, turned into pretty much straight ahead bebop sort of. Uh, yeah, he's amazing. Very versatile player. He is. And drummer's awesome too. Very. Yeah, uh, he's yeah, Minneapolis guys. Okay. Yeah, Did they so. know each other before? They, oh yeah. Yeah, you they, can tell they they're tight. They're a unit. Yeah, they are. Uh, so, but you're. Um, I noticed you played uh, electronic. Uh, sorry, electric keyboards. 
Um, I'm trying to think what song that was. It was really, it was a cool song. Um, um, I think it was something like Help Help Me, Just Give Me a Sign. Oh, that's um, Red Light. Red Light, okay. Red Light, yep. That's probably my favorite song yeah. of the set. Because uh, dynamically, it, it's much different than everything else. Like it's, like, and the lyrics really shine mm-hmm. in that song. That's, that's the one that usually but we'll touch the heartstrings. We'll pull on the heartstrings. It definitely did yeah. mine. And um, I noticed, you know, you, you really seem to get to use your gospel chops on that song because it's almost like he's pleading. And, yes. Uh, yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, and that's a song where I, I start on keys and then I move to the organ halfway through. Um, and then it kind of goes somewhere else where he kind of you know taps into the everything's going to be alright the Bob Marley thing and that's right he kind of just kind of goes from there it's one of my favorite songs to play of the night if not my favorite yeah. um, I love that song I love that song and it's a, it's a great gig because you know the first encore song it's pretty much a piano song you know a song called Bring Me Back Home and you know we've played all this hard hitting stuff all night and then now it's one of these songs where you really got to use dynamics you know and play under him and, and your touch is important you mm-hmm. know and it's it's you know the complete opposite of what we've been doing all night where it's just every draw bar out and you right. know pedal all the way down and he wants that volume too and sound check if it's not loud enough he'll come back there by himself and turn that leslie up like you know so yeah you know, we're we're hitting pretty hard, and then just to kind of come off that and, and bring it all the way down. I like the dynamic range of the artist. You know, you get to kind of yeah. do all that stuff. You right. Know, you can be delicate and use finesse, and then you can go all out and be aggressive. Yeah. You know, stand up if you want to, headbang if you want to, <laughs> whatever you want. He don't care. He right. doesn't care at all. Just you know. I love it. I love that gig. <laughs> I really do. I love it. How great is that? So good. Um, that is that's, that's yeah, that's terrific. I'm really pleased for you. Super happy. I appreciate for it. You. I remember. I remember you saying that when when yes when we first got out. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. I appreciate. It. Yeah, we first met at Loud Jams. Yes. Which is, uh, great networking um, and uh, musically um, stunning sometimes. <laughs> Um, event that's mm-hmm. held monthly, and that's how I met a lot of pro Nashville musicians in town. Yeah, and and I'm thankful for it because there have been several things that have come as a result mm-hmm. of being associated with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. As you know, Chris Nix. Yeah. Who was one of the guitar players with that? I, I met him through Loud Gems, and. Um, <laughs> It's funny because I had a show with Johnny in Spokane, Washington, and when we pulled up to our venue, we played at the Bing Crosby Theater, and when we pulled up, there was another bus in front of us, and uh, someone came in the bus and they said, Jonathan Davis, who was the lead man from Corn, the rock band Corn, right? he was doing a solo tour, and yeah. Chris plays with Jonathan. Right. And I, I didn't, when she said that, I was like, wait a minute, is Jonathan here? Or is uh, Chris here? And I texted Chris and he was like, yeah, we're at a, at the venue. And I was like, man, I think we're right behind you right now. He came outside and, you know, hung out for a little while. And I met Jonathan. And nice. this year, he he called me for a set to do a session with Jonathan. 
and ended Fantastic. up playing B3 on the song. And a little piano came back the next day, played a Mellotron. Yeah. Um, and a little piano on the song. And that was all because of someone I met at Loud Jams. Fantastic. You know, never knew Chris before that. Right. You know, so it's it's a very it's a very useful atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I like the attitudes of the people. Yeah. It's not it's not a competitive atmosphere. It's not right. a um, let me show you you know what I can do and you right. know trying to show each other up. It, it's very much about camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And, and serving the music. Serving the music. L- loving the music. Appreciating it. Yep. Just and, and you got people who play with some of the biggest people in town. And you wouldn't They show up know. and do it. Right. Yeah. You they wouldn't even know. Yeah. You wouldn't know. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Oh my goodness. So t- tell me, I'm dying to know the story about how you got into Hammond, Oregon. Um, so back, let's see, 97, 98. Same church that I started playing at. Um, there was a new pastor that came to take the church over. His name is uh, Gerlette Mickey. And his sons, all three of his sons, Corey, Kenny, and Kevin, they all played. And Kevin, who was the, I think he's the oldest. I believe he's the oldest. Um, he played organ. And now, mind you, the two years that I was already there, that organ, no one touched that organ. Gotcha. Just on it. What Just, kind was it? <laughs> I don't know if it's a C3 or a B3. Okay. I'm just going to say it was a B3. Okay. I can't really remember. Gotcha. Um, but it, it, I mean, no one even took the cover off of it. Oh. Right. So when he got there, when the, the, the new pastor got there and his sons, you know, his son would, would back him up every week. That first Sunday, you know, wipe the thing off, open it up. And he was, I was like, oh my God, I've never heard someone play and make that thing sound like that before. You know, I've heard organs in churches, but it was just a different thing with him. Mm-hmm. He was he was the one who really blew me away um, playing the instrument. So that was when I really I would I would sit behind him and watch how fluent he was with it. It's one thing to play it because the thing about the organ is you got to know your inversions. There is no sustain pedal. You know, you can play a piano and be all over the thing and use your sustain pedal. Organ, there's no sustain. You yeah. got to know your inversions. You got to be really smooth with your movements. Yeah. You know, it's, it's more about playing clusters yeah. as opposed to playing like octave, you know, octave in a fifth. Right. You know, in, in your chords and stuff that, that really doesn't serve the organ well. Yeah. Especially, especially when it's just you and you're using your foot pedals because then it can get muddy. Mm-hmm. When you you got your left hand, you know, a little too far down there, you, you, you that's what your left foot is for. Right. You know, and just watching him back up his, his dad and just how he, he played that thing, I was like, I, I got to figure this out, <laughs> you know. When you say back up, are you saying basically he played throughout the sermon? When, it, well, there, there comes a point in, in the sermon where... Um, you you know, not we call about it, it, yeah, we call it, you know, in, in the black church, we call it hooping. You know, when he gets to hooping in and, <laughs> you know, they get to uh, doing all the, uh, <laughs> all the. All that stuff. Right. You know, and, yeah. you know, that that's a big, you know, that, that's a big thing uh-huh. in the African-American church. That That's. If you got an organ there, that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and I just never seen someone 
do it the way he did. He would change keys. He'd be right there with them, you know, when it was time to get big or bring it down. He really controlled the flow of what was happening. I actually, I have to interject here. I actually came to you about maybe two years ago. I bet it's been a while, but I, I, I messaged you and said, hey, man, I got, you know, I'm, I was uh, serving in the African American church for five years. Recently left, but um, really, that was such a um, wow. How do I even? I can't even put into words what an honor that was for me to have that role for those five years. Mm-hmm. What that meant to me, mm-hmm. to my life, uh, musically and personally. So, um, I, what was? I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no. But n- now I want to ask you a question. So you okay. were there for five years. So yeah. from the beginning. Was it was it a like musical culture shock for you? Uh, you know, I don't know if I want to say shock, but I, I really was very. Um, it was just really different from the tradition that I grew sure. up in, which was sort of Southern gospel, mm-hmm. basically. Um, I grew up in a Presbyterian church, but it was in a small town, so I played just a lot of Southern gospel, really. Okay. And then later on, I. Um, began playing the more the Martin Luther influenced mm-hmm. hymns which are like all hell the power of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ and um, the stuff that's really um, all creatures of our God and King stuff that's really big organ stuff but it's really p- part written like you know counterpoint mm-hmm. Bach and stuff like that so it's very much western classical tradition okay. hymns so in this church you know they I mean some of the hymns were similar but the way that they would do it like the tempos were really slow mm-hmm. And the feel is really different. Like Amazing Grace might be done in six eight instead of three four. Mm. It's if it's got more of a or even a twelve eight feel, you know, dunk dunk. I mean, it's really Zing Grace. How sweet. Wow. The sound. So it's got much slower. You know. In the uh, Caucasian white church, you know, yeah. it would be just much different feel and much different tempo. So everything was just t- taken way down, and yeah. I mean, just yeah. much more calm and much more drawn out and with much more feeling, and that's the difference for me. But a lot of the hymns might be the same, you know. But okay. Just, just to just to calm it down was the biggest shock I think that I had to to really sink into it. Okay. And really be in the moment. Yeah. And um, and expect the service to be two hours, you know, and uh, that's that was a new experience, mm-hmm. and and really just um, the sermons too, you know, really um, like it might be two or three verses, but that those two or three verses would really be um, studied mm-hmm. for every single word, mm-hmm. and um, so everything was just really much more um, under a microscope, all of it. Yeah, I remember when when you asked me, you were you were like explaining what you. As soon as you said it, I knew what you meant. But it was it was just funny how you were trying to explain it. Like, really, when the, when when the pastor is is like, you know, I can't remember what you said. <laughs> but when he when he's like getting more excited and more excited, and I was like, All right, I know what you mean. You just backing up the pastor. Like, I got you. <laughs> I was. I remember. I think I might have. Sent a video of myself. I can't remember what I did. Did I what? I sh- recorded well, myself with a phone and something like that. You let me come over to your apartment. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I basically said, you know, I said um, he's, he'll start singing. He'll, he'll, you know, and you said, what is he in G A flat? What? And I was like, pretty much, yeah, uh-huh, yep, A flat was yep, the key. Yep, yep, like yep. that pitch that he would land on, he was. Yep. And, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a got pitch. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's there. And uh, there's a rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. And it's and uh, it's used for impact. It's used for sending it home. What he's been talking about and what he's been leading up to. It's the climax of the service, you know. And so they were they came to me and asked me, would I please play during that? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, yeah. it scared me. Yeah. I and I thought, you know, I'm kind of walking uh, blind here. I don't know what to do. So I yeah. actually messaged you, and you helped me figure out how to do it. Yeah, I, I know exactly what yeah. you meant. And, and you know, that's a big deal. I remember I didn't do that until, like I said, with Kevin and his dad. Like, he only had his son do it. Okay. That was it. it was, Kevin was the one who was backing him up. Okay. So it was like, you know, if Kevin wasn't there, which he was always there, but it was right. it it was kind of terrifying yeah. Of like, man, if he's not here, like, can I, can I do that? Yeah. And then can I do it in all keys? Because he ran all, all, all the way up. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. And at that point, I, I hadn't, I wasn't able to play in all my keys yet. I was playing everything in C sharp. You know, where, where I was comfortable. I hadn't really just. Okay. Said, let me learn all this stuff in all my keys. I hadn't, I hadn't done that. Gotcha. And. You know figuring that whole thing out so, you know kind of taking some time when my dad was up at, at that church all the time choir rehearsal or cleaning the church or something mm-hmm. and you know I'd go up there with him and just kind of take my my own personal time with it and say with the Hammond organ yeah, yeah so start just turning learn. it on and, mm-hmm. and just like okay so it's diminished these, all these diminished chords and you know you know because truth be told one two three four five you can there are five chords you can use to back up a pastor, and that's really all you need. That's really all you need. If you can do those five in, in every key, yeah, you can do it. You you can you can get it done. You can do the, you know, if you're in A flat, A flat seven, or sometimes you suss it. You can use those in every key, and you'll be you're good if you can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, then there's all these you know other things you can do. But once I figured that out, okay, let me just get those basics. Yeah. In every key, and I'm good. Yeah. And once I figured that out, because I was just watching, was like every it's always these same the same movement mm-hmm. that I hear all the time. Right. Being used, and there's other things too. But ultimately, it's that one. You know, then that. You know, that one seven chord over the three, then the four, seven chord, then the the diminish after that, then the, like it's like, okay, alright. Let me Yes. Let me let me figure that out. And then once once you did that, you're good to go. You're good to go. And that's what I was trying to tell you. I was like, man, you can you can if you can just stay here. Yeah. You know, do those like you're good to go. Oh, you helped me tremendously. And uh, you know, I did end up doing that a lot for him. Mm-hmm. I mean it, it, it just, it, to me, it was an honor, truly. That's great. To back him up and support him in that's that. Great. And, uh, that's great. Yeah. To hear that. I meant to ask how that went. I think maybe I did, but I meant to ask more, like inquire more about that, man. Because it, it's a rhythm to it, right? You know, you're waiting for the space. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, yeah. No, mm-hmm. you, well, he would hit the, you know, he'd hit the podium like, <laughs> and I'd know, right there. Bam, hit the chord. Yep. And then oh, he's going to talk some more. And then, In the space, yep. In mm-hmm. the gaps. Yeah, so I really right. have to to, to um, 
well, I don't know, mind meld with him. <laughs> That's so funny. But, uh, That's great. Yeah. I wish I could have heard you do that. I would have loved to hear it. Like just to, <laughs> to see the the application of it. Yeah. You know, and just kind of see it in real time. Man, I would love to do well, that. Well, I'm going to go back and do, I'm going to do it again. I, you know, I just, I had to have a day off for just a little while. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, needing, I'm, I'm really, um, work is going real well. I've got a lot of obligations, responsibilities right now. Um, but I'll go back. I'll go That's back good. at some point and do it. That's tomorrow. good. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's good. Just had to have a day off. Yeah, but. I hear you. And the church is in? <laughs> that one is in um, Orlando, Tennessee, is which is, um, well, it's north of Nashville. So if you head north on 65, it's about five miles to the west of exit 117. Okay. So almost in Kentucky. Oh, really close okay. To so you were making a little, yeah. little drive. Okay. A little bit of a haul up there. But, I got you. Wow. What a great experience. And still count mm -hmm. those people as my friends. And That's awesome. Yes. Very much so. Um, okay. So anyway. So you start picking up Hammond Organ and listening to him. And you're um, you're figuring that out. And then you end up at MTSU? Yes. End, so, up, end up at MTSU in 2000. What are you studying there? I was a recording industry major. I wasn't okay. a music major. Okay. Um, I had a production and technology concentration. Okay. And at the time, I think we had to have two minors. I think I was a entrepreneurship minor right. and something else I can't remember. But yeah, it started there. And, and by the way, I never had aspirations of being a full-time musician. I didn't think I was good enough to, to do that. There was no, I didn't have peers who were doing it full-time. Right. Or people that I could look at or family members and say, oh, I, so I just, that's just not, it wasn't something I aspired to do. My internship between my soft, my, um, I'm sorry, my junior and senior year was at a studio in Atlanta called Doppler Studios. It's no longer there, but I was, I was interning as an engineer there, you know, really? like it was. Did you have to drive down there? I was, the, it was the summer. Yep. That's, oh, that's the what made my parents get me a car. <laughs> Is that I had to drive to Atlanta and I stayed with my cousins and I went every day. It was a paid internship, seven to five, I think it was, or eight to five. Sweet. And, you know, I was thinking I was going to end up doing something in that route. Okay. Anybody cool record there? Like, oh, yeah. Are there some I was, I was there. I was in and out of the room because what I had to do, I wasn't actually engineering. It was more so the benefit was after hours, I had access to everything in there. Okay. So, but like during the day, I wasn't working boards or anything like that. I was gotcha. obviously doing the lunch thing, getting everybody's lunch orders, but I was also logging all the masters. I was in a room and I had to log every master from everything that happened in there, who the artist was, the date, Jeez. put it in the computer, log it. The whole wall was just, you know, there was a system that they had and I had to put, I was the one responsible for logging that stuff. He's motioning to the wall and he's looking up really far toward <laughs> yeah. the ceiling. Right? Yeah, I mean, basically. In yeah. other words, so it was a busy studio. If you could imagine, it's, it looked like a library. Okay. Think right. of, think like a library. Gotcha. But said they were all these little boxes with a master um, yeah. CD in it, and it was a session file. Okay. So, the whole room—that's what I was responsible for. All right. And every day, all summer, and I was there. Mm -hmm when Usher was recording 
uh, the Confessions album, which was his biggest selling album to date. Wow. And That's cool. there was a song they were, I remember the song they were working on when I walked in, which was Caught Up. I believe it was the second or third single from that album. Wow. And I remember walking in there, Dre and Vidal, who are two producers from Philly who produced that song, I remember seeing them on the couch exhausted because I was I was asking him for lunch orders and he was like man just give me a second man I had slept in two days you know and they were they were working on all that stuff while I was sitting in there and I, and I remember you know they did like a week and I remember coming in the next morning before everybody I opened the studio so yeah. I was there before everybody okay and I was walking the rooms make sure everything's straight and I just remember sitting in here I was like yeah they're they're doing some some song called I had a, a video camera and I was just kind of making a personal documentary kind of thing and I was like yeah so this is the room Usher is in and um, they were working on a song yesterday called Caught Up I believe was the name of it <laughs> and next thing you know you know a year later there's a video for it it's a single out and it's like wow I was in the room in and out of that room when they were working on this stuff I met Vivica Fox there she was doing voiceovers for uh, a movie, I believe, that she did. It was called uh, Two Can Play That Game, and they were doing like the the, the behind the scenes kind of commentary over it. And they they did that there. I got invited to a, a Whitney Houston birthday party there, what? Um, which what? I did not go to. <laughs> but um, yeah, everybody came through there. That was like the spot, one of the spots in and Atlanta. MTSU set you up with that? Yes, they did. Um, they set me up with the contact. It was up to me to take okay. it from there. All right. I emailed them and sent them my resume, school I'm going to. And gotcha. they actually, the um, the studio manager there actually referenced the reason that they, they did select me was because of MTSU. Okay. And the, the, the reputation, re reputation of that school. Right. Um, which which meant a lot to me because I was like, wow, okay, this, this school does mean something. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then he he cited that. He said, look, you know, that school, we've had a lot of people come through here who came from that school. You know, I guess 300 or 400 people applied for that internship and I got it. That's awesome. Right. You know, so I thought that was going to be my, my thing. And, you know, end of my senior year comes and I remember have, I had a come to Jesus moment I was finals are done graduation is Saturday which was May 15th 2004 still remember the date nine days after the Prince concert and it is Thursday and I'm sitting in my couch and I'm looking to the sky and like what am I going to do with myself you know, my parents are on me. What do you want to do? Like oh, they yeah. were, they were. My dad was about to get stationed in California with the military, so he's like, oh, "So are you going to graduate and come with us? What are you going to do? Oh, coming yeah. back home?" And I'm just like, "No." I said that before I had anything going on. I was like, "I'm not coming back home." Yeah. Not as a tenant. Yeah. I, I that was just something personal. I just did not want to do that. Right. And I had no plan. Nothing was happening. And I remember, I was like, "Where's my phone?" Look, went my phone was in the car. I went to go get it. Had a voicemail on it. It was a it was a message from her name was Kathy. She was the manager for a Christian artist named Carmen. I don't yeah. know if you're familiar familiar with him. It was really yeah. big at the time, Carmen. Oh, yeah. And she was the piano player, right? He was well. He was he's a talented guy. He was a singer. He was like the the 
Christian version of Andre Crouch. You know, okay. he was he was that big in the the. I don't know if I'd call it Christian contemporary. Maybe at the time it might have been considered that. Right. Um, he was really big, and you know, she was like, "We got your name from Marcus Finney, who's a drummer in town." amazing drummer he was his room was right next to mine at school at mtsu freshman year and he referred me to kathy for this gig they needed someone to do it was only like a three and a half week run yeah but she said that my marcus gave him my name and i missed the call of course because i'm listening to a voicemail and i called her back immediately and she said um Thank you for calling me back. We've offering this tour to you. You know, it's, right now it's only three and a half weeks, but you know, never met you, never heard you, but Marcus speaks very highly of you. Again, yeah, same kind of thing. Yeah, and they hired me sight unseen, sight unseen. Never heard me, <laughs> never met them. Yeah, she hired me right then, and that was Thursday. I had graduation Saturday. The first rehearsal was Monday. Awesome. So, now mind you, gradu <laughs> I'm graduating college Saturday. So, family's in town. Oh, they all come yeah. to church with me Sunday. So, the only time I have to learn these 14 songs oh, is... Sunday night? Yeah. I think the family left around 5 o'clock or something <laughs> like that. So, I have between then and 10 o'clock um, Monday yeah. to get these songs learn yeah. and they sent me a bunch of charts and that was that was probably the first time I actually looked at them like okay, okay let me utilize this kind of give my brain a break here okay because I, I just want to come in and play this stuff right yeah but somehow I found the time to not have to use the charts okay so I I, I mean I didn't sleep at all gotcha but I was ready to go right that tour ended up being three and a half weeks I hear a practice ethic here, people. <laughs> I mean, you would not walk in there without being prepared. No. No matter what it took. Oh. And, and I was I was not nervous. I was the youngest one on that bus. You knew the songs. I, I knew the stuff. I was ready to go. I, I wasn't going to squander an opportunity like that, you know. Like, gotcha. I, and I, I was well aware of who he was, and I was like, this this came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to mess this up <laughs> right you know if they don't pick me it's not because i don't know the songs yeah. but they had already offered me the gig though so it's like now they're expecting me to come in ready because it, it essentially is mine already right you know obviously if i bomb they could get somebody else in there but mm -hmm. they've already offered it to me so I, you know right. I, marcus a friend of mine referred me yeah they hired me on his word yeah i i, I, I gotta make good on that yes you know yes and that I ended up being with them on and off for four years. Oh, goodness. Instead of three and a half weeks. Oh. That was my first job out of college was touring with Carmen, the Christian singer. No, I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah. And then wow. it just one thing turned to another. And, and here we are. Still can't believe it that I, I get to do this for a living you know, in a city where so many people come to do it there's, there's more people yes. than there are jobs yes in this industry so I'm, mm -hmm. I do not take it for granted at all I'm thankful for sure when you practice well let's say you've got to learn 14 songs what's what do you, how do you what do you do how do you do that what's your method for doing that um well, I mean, there's no, there's not necessarily a rhyme or reason as to how I do it. Like, I don't pick the easiest songs first to do. I, I will tell you this. Um, 
one way that I find for me when I'm learning songs to get through it faster is actually to instead of turning it on and then immediately putting my hands on the keys yeah is to turn it on and listen yeah all the way through don't try to pick it up just listen yeah listen first listen to it all the way through and then the second time even though you don't necessarily remember what's all going to happen but okay so all right this modulation coming up there okay all right so this is all right instead of because i feel like for me when i sit there and try to turn it on then just start plunking away right away i'm actually making more work for myself you mm -hmm. know because i'm not i'm not listening to what's happening you know i'm not internalizing what's happening it's, you know it's like there i'm sure there are times where you get a, a song for uh loud jams mm -hmm. or you see a song you're like i've never played that but i've heard it so many times i kind of know it already it's just a matter of getting it out of your fingers Right. You've heard it so many times. You've, you've listened to it, internalized it. That's kind of what I do. I listen to it probably three or four times before I actually start learning it. And it, I find that it, it goes through faster when I do that. Right. Instead of just, you know, okay, put my hands right on it. It's just, <laughs> for me, it, it, listening is really the most important yes. thing when I'm learning. So you're listening to it and you're thinking, oh, okay, so there, it goes to a minor yeah. Um, or oh, the bass does that. That's an interesting thing. It's really not playing the root there. Or right. And, well, you're thinking those kinds of things. Or? Kind of. And, and again, you know, thank God that I have a, a decent ear. Yeah. Um, You've developed it. You, right. You um, you built it yourself. Sure. By doing that rudimentary work that you did. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, like when I'm listening to a song, I'm I'm listening. I'm listening for stuff that I might not be able to pick right out. Okay. That's kind of what I'm listening for. I'm like, okay, that's out. Okay. Okay, yeah. so I have to find what that is. Yeah. You know, but a lot of times I, I can listen to it and I, I, once I find the key, I could probably play it down. Gotcha. You know, if, if it's a fairly simple song. Yeah. Um, and, and Carlin's stuff wasn't complicated. Yeah. You know? Right. It, it wasn't really complicated. So it was just, and that helped me because I could just listen. Oh, okay, all right. So it's just a form. Mm -hmm. That's. That's what I'm really listening for is the form. So what you're saying is when does it go to the verse? When does it go to the chorus? When does it go to the bridge? Right. What's the introduction? What's the outro? Double chorus here. Right. Yeah. Okay. Tag at the end of the yeah. end of the song. That kind of thing. Right. You know, so. But the, harmonically speaking, not difficult. Yeah. Right. And a lot of the gospel stuff that I worked on, you know, for the last five years for that church, it was really harmonically complicated mm. at times. Yes. That's a whole other conversation. So, yeah. if, <laughs> so yeah. if you are teaching yourself music by playing gospel, the gospel tradition, there's no way you could not become really good at harmony, I, and your ears could not become really good. Yeah, I always say that. If, if you can play gospel, especially modern gospel, everything else is it, not going to be hard. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Yeah. You know, you might have some challenges, but if you can play gospel, you can play everything else. You can play everything else. Um, you know, what? I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself a jazz guy at all. Um, I just don't think I have the vocabulary for it. But if, if I wanted to like hunker down and do it, I know I can do it. Mm -hmm. I know I can do it. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's more so the heads and the endings. Everything in the middle is really kind of playing off of each other. You know, I just. Right. You know. When you say the head, you mean the melody. The beginning. Well, the head, like the beginning, you've got the intro, right. whatever okay. the intro is. I don't have the intro. Right. And, and then you've got the, the outro, whatever. Yeah. You know, they always end together. Yeah. A lot of times in the beginning, or not in the beginning, but uh, 
in the middle of the song, mm-hmm. it, it's <laughs> there are changes, but you're you're really playing off each other. You know, it's, yeah. it's so it's more reactionary. Yes, and sometimes it can be really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that um, can really be difficult. Yeah, good old gospel man. Oh man. <laughs> Who are some of your influences? Like as far as who do you guys listen to? What are you listening to right now? Um, as far as the keys or just music in general? Either one. Um, well, my my favorite player of all time is Herbie Hancock. He can literally play anything, anything. He can play straight ahead jazz. He can you know all those Stevie Wonder records he played on. Like he can play funk, headhunter stuff. He can play he can play anything. Yeah. And it's authentic to whatever that style is. I love Herbie Hancock. Um, yes. Love listening to him. Love uh, Russell Ferrante from the Yellow Jackets. Yeah. Um, too many gospel guys to, to name. You know, obviously that's my background. There's a bunch of those guys. Kevin Bond, Jason White, Mike Burrell. So many of those guys. Asaph Ward, Aaron Lindsay. I can do this all day. Um, but as far as music is concerned um i still if i'm listening to gospel it's more so the classic stuff i don't really listen to a whole lot of the newer stuff yeah we've talked um, about that some yeah too. it's 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 more the classic stuff that resonates more with me and me too you know, there's there's stuff that i do listen to that's new i have a lot of friends that that work with with the artists now produce a lot of the stuff that's coming out now and it's great it's you know for me I, my default tends to be that you know, two thousand and three and earlier, mm-hmm. two thousand two and earlier. Yeah, you know, that just tends to be the stuff that I, I for my listening pleasure. Yeah, that's and, the stuff I'm turning on. But you are playing at a church, right? Yes, now. you're serving a church. Yes, Strong Tower, which is about fifteen minutes from here. Um, quite a mix. It's non-denominational, multicultural. And we'll there's a mix of both, which is which is good, you know. I, th- I think that's good. A mix of both traditional and uh, some traditional, some contemporary, some CCM. Um, okay. It's all mixed in there. Gotcha. All mixed in there, and, and it's good because the you know one thing I, I really appreciate about quartet music, which if you're not familiar with quartet, you know, Mighty Clouds of Joy, the Canton Spirituals. Trust me, <laughs> the Jackson Southerners. You know, the, what I appreciate about quartet is that it, it's an exercise in discipline, right? They they can play. It's kind of like blues. You know, mm-hmm. you've got the one, four, five, you know, all that stuff, and that's the whole song. But it's it's you've got to make it feel good. And you've got to be disciplined in your plan. You know, a quartet, it's it's the same thing. The drummer doesn't move, you know. And, and some could say it's boring, but to, to me, I say it's an exercise, again, in discipline. You know, can you play this for three and a half minutes and make it feel good and stay there? Are you disciplined enough to do that? You know, a lot of times the CCM stuff is the same way. You know, the gospel stuff we've got is all over the place. It's... Yes. It's fun, you know, all that. And, and that's great. You know, it's great to be able to do that stuff. But also, you know, there's the other part. When you get in the session world, yeah. when you start doing the studio sessions and all that stuff, yeah. I don't care about all that stuff. <laughs> right. Especially in this city. Right. You know, can you play these four chords yeah. and play them well and, and 
convey the whatever is the emotion or whatever it is that they that they're looking for. Can you do that? Yes. Can if if that paper says play a C seven chord, can you play a C seven chord and not that and something else and this in between all these passing chords? Can you play a G chord and, and hold that G chord <laughs> for two bars like the paper says, mm-hmm. or do you? do all this other stuff you know what i'm saying discipline right discipline when you get in the studio world it, it's all about the, the discipline and and the instruction and the timing you know yeah. playing in time with everyone else and with that click or whatever and that's mm-hmm. that's stuff that that you know can be useful you know from playing a lot of the ccm stuff and a lot of the quartet stuff it's just the, the discipline in it right being more simple mm-hmm. i remember you know um like uh, back in the early 90s, I would play a lot of um, the country was sort of in a heyday. Garth Brooks and Alan Jackson, Shania Twain, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And like there'd be some guy who would, uh, on the session, you know, would throw in just a little gospel, just enough to just like be really, like, mm-hmm. I would have to cop it exactly mm-hmm. and play it every time. Mm-hmm. Because I, my respect for that guy that he threw that in there, mm-hmm. you know, snuck it in, whatever. Yep. And that it worked so it was so seamless with every whatever everybody yeah, else was doing. You'll hear a lot of that. I would think that you would be good at that, at throwing that in just that little something extra there. That I've done some a few country things. I've done I've done more country sessions than I have live applications of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't mind doing it, and and I'm not the biggest country music fan, but I don't mind playing it because and a lot of times like they'll have they'll use organs. In country. Oh, absolutely. You know? a, a lot of um, people have come to me, you know, looking for organ instruction because they got a road gig and all of a sudden they got to know how to play it. And all they play is piano. Yep. And, it's um, completely different. You know, we'll just talk about how to manage that. Mm-hmm. Verses are calm. Sure. Choruses are high and turn on the Leslie. And <laughs> yeah. I always say when when people ask me, what what do you play? I name all three. I say piano, keys, and organ. They are all different. Yes. They all serve different different purposes. For real. Yes. You know, you can... The organ is like a spaceship compared to a piano. <laughs> yeah. You know, every limb is doing something different. You completely control your sound with those draw bars. Yes. You, you use the volume pedal in conjunction with that you, it, there's an art to using the Leslie mm-hmm. you know when it's fast when it's slow there's a, you you're yeah. controlling everything yeah it's a, it's a monster but when you get it you get it. it it's like autopilot I'm not even thinking about that stuff when I'm playing it but yeah. there was a time when I thought about every piece of it mm-hmm. and and the, the functionality of this and that and how do I do all this stuff at the same time you know it's like riding a bike once you figure it out Right. You're fine, but keys, you know, playing keys and playing piano are not the same. Yes. You know, especially an acoustic piano. Like it's it's a that's what it is. You're playing an acoustic piano. You can play a an acoustic piano sound on a keyboard, which is fine. But then you've got strings, you've got synths, you've got lead sounds, you've got the rows, you've got the world, you've got all these other colors mm-hmm. in your palette. Yes. And they all serve different purposes. You playing in funk bands, you being able to play an acoustic piano doesn't really help you much. <laughs> right. You know, that right. that's great, but I yeah. need you to hit these synths and make this thing talk, you know? Yeah. And so that there's a whole other thing there. So, Absolutely. you know, it's, 
you know, you, you always say if if you play all three, say that because yeah, you know, just saying I play piano or if if you play more than that, you might be doing yourself a disservice by not letting people know that. That's right. Yeah. You know? So you do play in a local, like a funk band, yes. don't you? Yes. And I mean, I need to come down and see you guys. I know you were at Acme a lot. Yes. What, tell me a little bit about that. You enjoy that yeah, very much. Yeah, I love it. And and truth be told, I don't really enjoy the the cover gig thing too much, except for this one. Um, the band's the band's name is uh, Sam McCrary in the mix. M C C R A R Y, and the mix. And for the most part, we play at Acme maybe two, three times a month. Um, we do all cover stuff, a couple originals that he has that we do throw in there, but we're doing the fun cover stuff. We're doing the Earth, Wind, and Fire, the James Brown, the Michael Jackson. You know, then we'll throw in some Brunos and Justin Timberlake. We'll throw some 90s hip hop and RB. We'll do, you know, Black Streets and Bobby Brown. And, you know, we're, we're playing this stuff with a little bit of, of a twist to it. You know, I wouldn't even call it a twist. Like sometimes we do our own thing, sometimes we play it as is. But it's just so fun, you know, when you're playing with people that you enjoy playing with. Yeah. And they have a certain skill level and yeah. it just turns into a whole nother thing. You right. Know? You can throw so in a fun. few things that make it just a sure. little bit um more cool. Yeah, and everybody's ear. Everybody has the has the ear on stage. So yeah. somebody could play something and we can all Mm -hmm. go that direction right it's going a little bit outside absolutely and yeah. we just pick it up and then we go somewhere else with it while he's he's doing the same thing he's kind of listening and saying okay I can sing this over that yeah. or I can I keep singing this while I go somewhere else musically I can still sing the same melody and it just makes it fun the um, unpredictable oh, yeah. nature of what's happening up oh, there yeah. you know well that's improv Absolutely. And you were talking about earlier about <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's, I can... That's more so with the soloing thing. Like, I can I can reharm and all that kind of stuff on the fly. Gotcha. You know, in an improv situation. Fine. I can do that kind of stuff. It's just, uh, you know, just go. And then... Like, oh, man. Mm -hmm. Here we go. You know, but yeah, that that's a fun situation. I, I don't really care for the cover thing too much. Gotcha. Especially the Nashville cover thing. Right. It's just the, the Broadway scene. Like, it's just not my thing. Right. Um, but with that particular band. I got to come check you guys out. I know I'll love so it. so fun. Yeah, you'd you, you enjoy yourself. For I just sure. know I would. <laughs> yeah, you would. Um, so, basically, I guess, you know, we we'll probably should start winding down. I mm -hmm. hate to, but um, yeah, what would you say? You know, if, just looking back and looking at, you've mentioned, like, people who have really mentored you and really been there for you, been your friends mm -hmm. and, and recommended you and how, you know, you, you know, you've not let them down by being prepared and, um, and taking those opportunities and going with it. Mm -hmm. How would you say you're changed from the Johnny Lane gig? What's how's that um, affected your life? Um, have I changed? Mm -hmm. Or do you see music any differently? Or oh well, it? yeah. It 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 made me get back to really practicing. It was that was the first time in a long time that I came into a situation and I felt like I was the weakest link. And really, yes, it was. Not to say that I'm not, you know, just great, whatever. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it was the first time where I got there and I said, okay, you know, if for no, no other reason that I'm late to the party. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone else, they've been playing together, playing together 15, 16, 17 years. Oh, wow. You know, so they, he keeps his band around For the most time. part, you know, every now and then you might sub out or they want to take some time off. But yeah. those guys have been there for a long time. That's a good sign of somebody that's good to work with. Yeah, right. And I came into that situation and played the first few games. Oh, this is fun. And then we get to all the, the improvising and things of that nature. I'm just like, okay, I'm I'm actually the weak link. Like, they didn't say that. They were like, you did a great job and all that. But I personally felt like there's work to be done here on my part mm-hmm. to really find my space and add something. Not just maintain. Yeah. But to add something yeah. to this. Right musical situation here right and it had been a long time since i felt like that like i gotta catch up yeah you know and so when i was getting home i was practicing this stuff every single time i came home i was practicing i was like okay what can you know because because johnny gives you a lot of freedom we put we do the same songs every night but there's freedom within those songs to improvise and do do little things there's a there's a part in, in red light where it kind of breaks down to just me and i started doing some different things there to where now Jimmy the bass player he's like I want to jump in on that and then the guitar player was like I want to jump into that so now is that little section turned into something just from me improvising a little bit that's great you know and stuff like that was stuff that I would sit home and say okay where where are places that I can kind of put a little bit of myself in there and it still doesn't mess with the melody the melody is always king yeah and and that part is a, is actually a, a very delicate part in the song in Red Light. It's, it breaks down to just he and I. You want to play a little bit of it? Uh, yeah. So there's um. So that part of the song. Uh, actually, it's in C. I can add something and that's to the situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gospel Th- that was adding that. Day. Yep. One hundred percent. And and How sweet is that? he loves it. Like oh, he loves man. that gospel stuff. Of course. Loves it. What's not to love about yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. He loves it. We'll be on a bus after these shows, and he'll sometimes he'll pull up his phone, and we're all listening to music, and then he'll just ask me. He was like, um, you know, so what do you think about? You know, John P. Key or, or this John P. Key song or this Smokey Norfolk song. Like, he knows his Joshua stuff. He knows it. Yeah. He really does. Yeah. And, you know, so I'll, I'll add a little bit of that in there sometimes. And, and you know, it, it's good to, to see when the band embraces it. 
Mm-hmm. And they kind of go right along with it. Oh, yeah. And it's good to see that. So, yeah, that's, that was probably the biggest thing I've learned is that, you know, there's, I, I had to step up to the plate. This yeah. time. I couldn't just rely on my instincts and all that. Like, I, I had to do some work here Yeah. to get to get up to par, right. you know. That's a great gig when you... Uh, you, you can fit in quickly, but also have things to grow from sure. and, and uh, can add to them, and they're, they're open to you. I mean, that's the kind of gig I want always yeah. in my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's, it's great. And then, you know, you're playing with people. Zane Carney, who is our second guitar player, he is a monster guitar player. I mean, he comes from that school, that's, that jazz school, mm-hmm. and West Montgomery and all that stuff. Like, he, that's his wheelhouse and when we get to rack them up and we get to those soul sections oh, yeah. and rack them up yeah Sounds and like matter of fact if you if you saw the show from berlin that was zane who was i did i did that see was him. Zane. i remember him uh, introducing him as zane yes and yeah you know man like just listening to him every night and he doesn't repeat anything yeah. ever oh geez and <laughs> You know, and when here I am, like, oh man, I got some work. I got to chop heads with this guy every night. Like, I, I've got some work to do. Yeah. You know, that was the other thing from this gig. It's like, okay, I have to get out of my comfort zone here. Yeah. And I, I've got to, I've got to practice this. I've got to. Yeah. Because I want to have something to offer every night. Right. You know, I, I want to. I want us to be able to have a musical conversation. Yeah. And and him not know what I'm going to say every time. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, right, and to do that, to be in the moment, like right, you absolutely, really have to be prepared. Yes, yeah, yeah. Same thing with Johnny, because Johnny is he. He, I remember him saying one time that like, he he really relies on inspiration, and you can see it up there. Like he, you can yeah. tell when he's just like taking his time and just waiting Channeling. for it before before he starts to right on the beginning of rack him up, you know, and then when he starts his solo later after Zane and I do our thing, and he, he, you can just see it like just completely out of the air music as a spiritual practice mm-hmm. kind of like yeah, uh, being great. willing to be channel be a channel for yeah it's inspiring to see that <laughs> it's inspiring like and and i love the feeling of when that happens when mm-hmm. you're just like oh me too. i didn't know i was going to do that i didn't me too i didn't plan that but yeah and then afterwards you're just like wow that's what that feels like yes you know and to be able to do that on the world on a world stage with mm-hmm. world-class uh, musicians oh yeah i would think that's got to be unreal and you do it every night <laughs> yeah that, and that's the other thing it's it's you we don't practice we don't rehearse yeah so it, it's it's really the discovery of the, that moment of discovery is happening on a daily basis for me. Gotcha. You know, and again, I, I think a big part of that is the fact that I, I'm the newer guy. Yeah. You know, um, the other guys they probably play this stuff every which way that you can. Yeah. Imagine Jim Anton. He's been there on and off for I think 15, 16 years or something like that. So. That's the bass player. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I can only imagine. <laughs> I don't know, you know how he reinvents himself musically every night I mean but but me being there almost a year and a half a little over a year and a half now actually and for me it's just like okay there's room for more here there's room for more here and he completely gives you that freedom 
to go there completely. There's never been a time where he was like, yeah, you want to pull back a little bit. <laughs> Hasn't happened. Not one time. That is great. Not too. one time. Like, that is know, great. He too. will let you go for it. You wow. Know? Let you go for it. So a lot of freedom there. I love it. I'm so happy for you. Oh, Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Thank Truly. you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I have a special favor to ask, and you know, if it's, if, I don't want to pressure you or anything, but I wish you'd just do a little bit of organ. Okay. Um, I've set up my Nord C2 combo organ here for, for Tyrus. It's, you know, it's a, it's a really good imitation mm -hmm. of a, <laughs> <laughs> I know we've talked about how there's nothing better than the real thing, the B3, but, or the C3, you know, they're both, I love them both. Yeah. I have a C3. But, um. If you would you mind playing just a little something on? Yeah, no, and I, I'm sitting there trying to think what do I play because you, you know <laughs> usually when I'm playing organ, I've, you've got the you've got the pedals and all this stuff. So this is more like a like if I was a jazz guy and I was like running all kind of like you know. Yeah, I, I have no foot pedal set up for him here, but it is a two manual, pretty decent yeah, manual keyboard. Geez, uh, I should get you. You want to sit on a stool? Might be easier. that I can offer yet to really make that worth it. And once I do that, I'm just, it's gonna be some real content. So I don't feel like I have enough yet. But um, Facebook, Tyrus Sass, T-Y-R-U-S, first name, last name, S-A-S-S. -S. Uh, same on Instagram, that's my name, but my screen name is at T-Sass, the number one. T-S-A-S-S, the number one. <laughs> And I'm on Twitter, but I don't really, I mostly use that for consuming information, yeah. news sources, sports, I'm a big sports guy, so. Yep. But I am one there. Um, Football, basketball? Basketball. Yeah. Big time. NBA, college? Yes, both. Yeah, I follow both big time. Favorite college team? Ta North Carolina Tar Heels. Gotcha. Tar Heel fan <laughs> to, to, to the death. <laughs> I didn't go to that school, but I, I've been following them since I was probably eight years old. So that that's my that's my school. So is my aunt. So she'll that'll warm her heart. Oh, yeah? You're oh, yeah. Fellow Tar Heel. I'm yes. a Tar Heel fan. 
Um, yeah, but that's how you find me. I'm, I check them all the time. Um, and I, I do put quite a bit of content on um, Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, especially when I'm traveling. Yeah. If nothing else, I use it as a bookmark for myself. So when I can look sure. back and I can just say, oh, that was then. That was, yeah. you know, yeah, time stamp, you know, so. Absolutely. Yep. And you're going out this summer again? With, yes. With Johnny Lang? Yes. Everybody go buy tickets and go see Johnny Lang. Absolutely. And go hear so Tyrus S. playing. We will be at the Ryman July 9th, I believe it is. Which will be my second time playing the rhyming with with Johnny, so I'm looking forward to that. But we do go to Europe. Uh, we go to Moscow. We go. Oh my goodness. We're going, we're going around. So. Oh, fantastic. Yep. JohnnyLane.com. J O N N Y. No H. No H. <laughs> All right. Well, thank well, you so much for having thank me. Thank you Amy. so much. It. Take care. Take care.